to the Destiny Church 217 podcast. Today we're hearing from Pastor Eric, Senior Leader of Destiny Church. In this message, we continue in our series, Jesus Loves. This week's focus is Jesus Loves Me. Following the message, take a look at the episode description where you can find scripture references as well as helpful links to learn more about the ministry of Destiny Church. have been in the middle of a series called Jesus Loves Me for a while. Jesus loves the lost, the, the sick, the hurting. We talked about how Jesus loves ministers and uh, the appreciation that we have for those amongst us who serve. And today we're going to talk about how Jesus loves me. So Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for a wonderful time of worshiping you today. Thank you for leading us and helping us, bringing us all here today. We ask for your presence to continue to be here, Lord, as it has been thus far upon now, the preaching of your word. And we ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Through every trial and every test, in him I find my perfect rest. For in his love I am truly free, embraced by the truth that Jesus loves me. I want to talk about Jesus for a few minutes. Is that okay? Is that okay? We've gathered here today under the sacred canopy of the Lord's divine love here in this place. We have come to worship the risen king, the king over all kings. And through our worship and now the preaching of the word, we have embarked upon a spiritual voyage, a journey into the depths of our faith and the heights of our hopes to explore a question that has echoed throughout time. A question that has stirred the souls of the faithful and challenged the minds of the curious. Who is Jesus? In the tapestry of time, which is human history, there emerges a figure from outside of time. A luminary whose origins and very life transcends the ordinary, whose teachings resonate with the divine, capital D, wisdom, capital W, and whose love knows knows absolutely no bounds in his name? Jesus. His name is Jesus. And as we look to the Bible, the sacred pages of Scripture, we encounter the life of Jesus, the narrative of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Mashiach, the promised one, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the author and finisher of our faith, the cornerstone, not just the counselor, but the wonderful counselor, the master and Lord of all, savior of all of humanity, the embodiment of grace and truth, Jesus. He is the alpha and the omega. That means the beginning and the end. He is the very words of God Almighty. He is God in the flesh. And he walked amongst us, clothed in humanity, yet radiating a divine majesty that captivated the hearts of those who beheld him by grace, through faith. Jesus' life was a symphony, a symphony of compassion, conducted by the Holy Spirit, living in unison with the Father. Everything about him was perfect. His life was a living testament to the boundless love of the creator 
for his creation. In his presence, the blind received sight. The lame walked. The broken found healing. He turned water into wine. He fed multitudes with just a handful of fish and loaves of bread. He calmed a raging storm with a mere whisper. Peace, be still. He cared for the and healed the broken and the wounded. Miracles. Miracles flowed from his fingertips, not as random displays of power, but as a manifestations of his love and mercy as signs for all of humanity that pointed towards a deeper truth, a truth that changes everything. But Jesus is not merely a miracle worker. He is the embodiment of all truth. He is the revealer of all mystery. He is the fulfiller of all prophecy. His words, they're like pearls, pearls of wisdom falling from his lips, illuminating the hearts of all who will listen and apply them. He constantly speaks of love that surpasses our understanding. He offers forgiveness to everyone. His forgiveness knows no bounds. He speaks and then he presents a kingdom, not of this world, think of it, a kingdom where the last shall be first. You familiar with Superman's bizarro world? In the comic book Superman, there's a place called Bizarro World where everything is opposite. This is the kingdom which he brought. This is the kingdom of which he spoke, where the last shall be first. Imagine the economy when you arrive at heaven and everyone who you think is in last place is in first place. Everybody get in line and the person at the front is in last place. where the humble shall be exalted, where there's no more tears and there's no more pain and there's no more heartache. While he walked amongst us, Jesus didn't seek the accolades of man or the trappings of an earthly kingship. Instead, he chose the path of humility, of patience, of peace, the pathway of love and self-sacrifice all the way to the cross And he bore your sins on his shoulders. He carried the weight of all of your wrongdoing, your transgressions. And in the ultimate act of love, he willingly, he mercifully, without reservation, laid down his life for you, enduring the torture of the cross so that you might have your sins expunged, removed, forgiven, as far as the east is from the west. And then, should you trust in him, then you'll be granted eternal life. So who is Jesus? Who is this one who loves you? He is the one true light that pierces all darkness, even the darkness of your heart. He is the hope that dispels despair, He is the love that casts out your fears. He is the answer to your deepest longing and belonging. He is peace because he's the prince of peace. With him is rest and forgiveness. Jesus is the one and only, the bridge. He's the only bridge 
between the gap between us and heaven. He is the singular mediator between God and humanity. He is the only way. He is the fountain of all truth and the source of abundant life. Get this picture. Jesus is the lighthouse. He is the eternal beacon warning you of the rock-strewn shoreline of sin, guiding you home to heaven's safe harbor where there are no more disasters, no more war, no more famine, no more sorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the real Jesus. But what does he do? Today's message are our three points. We've just spoken about Jesus. Jesus does what? He loves. Love is a verb. In Hebrew, the word for love is ahava. Ahava. Say it with me. Ahava. It's a word that expresses doing and giving. It expresses action. In Deuteronomy 7, 8, where we find it, it says, but it is because the Lord ahava, it is because of the Lord's ahava, he ahavad you, and kept an oath. He swore to your fathers that he brought you out of a, with a mighty hand, redeemed you from the land of slavery. Isn't that where you were before you knew him? You were slave. You were slave to your sin. You had visceral, guttural responses. You, you didn't pass anything by the power of the Holy Spirit or the word of God before you reacted. You were a slave to sin. But he ahavad you. He took you from that land of slavery and rescued you from the power of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The word Hebrew, in Hebrew, ahava. Can we go back to the slide? Ahava, in the middle of that, uh, you have the, the root of the, of the word, which is hav, ahava. The root of the word literally means to give. When you say you love, I mean I give. Listen, if you would like me to tell you who or what you love, just give me your checkbook. <laughs> give me your debit card receipts. Let me, we, we can find out, right? If you're, if you're in doubt of who you love, step on up here with your checkbook ledger and we'll figure out who you love real quick. It's who you give to. Not just financially, but of your time, of your energy, of your talent. The biblical truth is this. We love the people that we give to. We love the people that we give to. And if Jesus loves, then what does that mean? That means he's the best giver. He's the best giver of all. In the New Testament, there's lots of words for love. A few of them are these. Eros. And eros love, watch this. Eros love is like erotic. See, I got a lot of your attention right there, see? If something is erotic, if something stirs you physically, sexually, eros, eros love, that's where we get the word erotic from. It's that type of love in Greek. The other kind of love is phileo. Phileo love means brotherly love. Hey, Bob, how you doing, man? I love you, bro, right? This is not like I love my car or I love hot dogs. It's a, it's a brother. We, we're very limited with our English language with how we love, but not in Greek. There's lots of different words for love. We have the most obvious 
the, the town of Philadelphia, the town of brotherly, it's the very definition of phileo, Philadelphia, phileo. That's where the word comes from, Philadelphia. And then we have the best, the agape love. It's the love used to describe what God has for his children, the love that believers are encouraged to show for one another and to the world. I was with, uh, where's Bill Wolford? Is Bill in the house? He was here earlier. He's protecting us in the hallway. He's part of the safety team. I was standing at the window and I was, I was watching people arrive this morning. I see my granddaughter. I knock on the window and I, and I wave at her and, and Bill's like, oh yeah, well, I got a granddaughter too. Here, look at my, look at, and he gets out his phone. And six months old, right, Pam? Six months old. She's already got you doing raspberries and laughing at her and all that kind of stuff. And, and here's this big hunk of a man. He's like, oh, she's so cute. She's just so, doesn't, she can't say a word. She doesn't even know how to go to the bathroom by herself. She still soils her diaper. She can't feed herself. But here's this grown man like, oh, I love her so much. I love her so much. Isn't that what God does for you and me? I mean, if we only loved people that could do things for us, we would never have any child between the ages of, let's say, zero and 12. <laughs> right? I mean, think about, I mean, in, in the wild, if a horse can't get up, if a giraffe can't get up, if a zebra can't get up in the first hour of life, it's dead. It's going to be eaten. Humans, you can't walk for the first year of your life. You have to have someone carry you around everywhere. This is how God loves us. Those little kids can't do anything for you. There is no good work they can do other than just be long to you. And when you belong to the Lord, it's not about how high you jump, what grade you get in school, how pretty you are. It's none of that. You become his child and he loves you. He walks around heaven with his iPhone showing all the angels. Look at that one. Look at this one here. And he says, what did they do? Nothing. I just love them. They're just cute. Watch him go, goo, 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 ga, 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 goo, 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 goo. Hey, Michael, get over here. Let me show you another one. Oh, look at that. There's Larry. What does Larry do? Larry doesn't do anything. Larry just... Larry's just a, it's not about what you do. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus loves the most beautiful kind of love that there is. Jesus loves to whom he gives and he gives to whom he loves. And here's where it gets mind boggling with our third point. Jesus, we described him as accurately as I could. Jesus does what? One thing primarily Better than anyone else, Jesus loves. But he doesn't love hamburgers and hot dogs in his car and his phone and his house and his job. No, he, he, has one, he has one singular direction of his love and his love is towards me. Jesus loves me. There's a, a documentary, a film that's out right now. Cheryl and I went and saw it a couple weeks ago. It's called After Death. It's put out by Angel Studios. It's a documentary featuring interviews of people who died and then were brought back to life. And I'm not a big movie guy. I do appreciate the fact that it was a documentary. And they had a couple skeptics in there, which I thought was interesting. And you say, well, why is this such a recent phenomenon? I was talking to someone else about this recently. And you know, 50 years ago, when you gripped your chest and you fell over in, in schnooks, 
uh, you didn't come back because there was no AEDs. There was, you know, the, the whole idea of bringing you back from death was like, well, too bad for Bob. He's just, he's in the frozen food section in the back. Just pick him up, take him, take him out. But now we, have C, we all know CPR and there's all this other kind of stuff. And so there's people that have died clinically. And in this movie, uh, this documentary, you see brain waves. It's, it's very well done and so on and so forth. And, and you say, well, here's where they die. And, 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 oh, there's this bright light in this tunnel. And I feel this warmth and I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we know all that. We hear all that. But what I liked about this movie also was there was some pretty, pretty good heathens who said it wasn't light and it wasn't beautiful. It was dark. And I was falling. I was falling in a hole that had no bottom. And it got colder and colder and colder. And then it got hotter and hotter and hotter. And they begin to describe the, the grip of death on their heel, pulling them down. And one individual in particular, I remember, he, he was scared. He was scared. He was scared. And all he could remember was that his mom and dad took him to Sunday school. And he learned the song, Jesus loves me, this I... He began to sing it. And as he did, he came up out of the hole and he came back to life. They were interviewing him and now he's a pastor. All he could say was, Jesus loves me. Written in a poem in, uh, right around the Civil War in the 1860s. Written in a poem in a book that was a year later put to music. A song that we all know, or you should know. Sing it with me. Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Here we go. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. How is that? The Bible tells me so. Mm. That'd be a good praise and worship song to do once in a while, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you an experience. I'm gonna t how it is with most of us, myself included, at times. I've prayed with a lot of people this week. Been to the hospital and other people I've I've run into and had an opportunity to pray for them. But then I have needs in my own life too, right? And you know what's weird? Sometimes, say, Devin needs me to pray for him. He's going through something or whatever. And I just pray down the power of the Lord in Devin's life and for whatever it is. Say he needs some finances. By the way, youth ministers can always use dead presidents. So, or a lunch occasionally. And you can, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Sometimes it's easier to pray and believe for other people's miracle than your own. And, I'm gonna, and, and I hear the response amongst you, and I'm going to tell you why. You believe that God is gracious, and you believe that God is merciful. Devin's such a great guy, but how, why, why would he bless me? Because you know you, and you know your inner secrets, and you know how you really are. And you know how you really think. And you know that maybe you're just not that holy. 
Guess what? Devin's the same way. You need to understand that God loves you, not because you pray really nice or you have a certain job or you live in a certain part of town. He loves you. He's got you in his, he's got a little heart favorite on your picture. He didn't even have to go to the big file in his phone. He has you picked out already. Jesus loves you. We can say, here's what I'm trying to say. We can say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. But sometimes it's a little harder to say, Jesus loves me. Hey, Jesus loves your brother. Jesus loves your brother. Jesus loves your brother. We see ministers who say this from their pulpit every Sunday and then fall into sin because they don't believe Jesus loves me. It's not selfish for me to say Jesus loves me. That's not selfish. Jesus loves me. Would that be selfish of my, of my daughter to say, oh no, my, my, my dad loves me. That's not selfish. It's not prideful. It's the truth. Jesus loves me. That moves me. You know why? Because I know how I am on the inside. Right? We, right? Yes? Or am I being the only one? Am I the only one? Okay. God, God loves them, but I'm eternally flawed. I, I'm unworthy of love. Dear friends, his love is not merely a concept. Not an abstract idea. It is a living, breathing reality. And what he did, what he gave, what he did for you, what he did for me, what he did for me, you. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Now, you can look at your neighbor and you say, neighbor, Jesus loves you. But how about this? You say to yourself, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. You can say it. It's okay. It's not prideful. Jesus loves me. Wow. You know what happens? You know what happens when I say Jesus loves me? It makes me want to live up to the expectations that he has for me. If I don't think the Lord loves me, well then forget it. If I don't think my friend loves me, if I don't think my wife loves me, well fooey on her. She can make her own coffee. She doesn't think I love her. She has fooey on him. He can wash his own clothes. Fooey on, fooey on him. Why? Because I, I don't think she loves me. Isn't that the beautiful thing about a covenant? You don't have a choice. <laughs> right? Isn't that what God is in with us? A covenant. I'm glad God doesn't wake up and see what I did yesterday and go, man, he screwed up yesterday. I don't love him today. No, God is in a covenant with you, which means he's gonna love you all the time, regardless. Even, listen, even if you don't keep your half of the bargain, because that's not a covenant, that's just a contract. See, now I'm going to meddling just a little bit about your life. But you're in a covenant with the Lord. Jesus loves me. There's nothing I can do to stop him from loving me now. You know how I can tell whether you're old or not? It's how many salves and balms you got in your medicine cabinet at home. <laughs> you open that drawer, you open that cabinet, and you got so many, you got to pull them out a couple, read a couple of them, make sure you don't put something in the wrong spot or on the wrong thing. Because you could put it on the wrong spot or the wrong thing, and I don't know, it could sting or hurt yourself, you know? 
Young people, just go along with me here for a second, all right? <laughs> Listen to us old people. We have lots of balms and salves. But Jesus is the miracle balm. He is the balm. Jeremiah 8.22 says, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? There's an old hymn of the church that says, there is a balm in Gilead. Is there no physician who made the wounds whole? There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Gilead is just a region. It's Transjordan. It's across on the other side of the Jordan in Jordan, Syria area. Um, sometimes it's used to refer to a, a large portion of what Judea was. And, this, and, and, and there's a question, is there no balm? In other words, is there, can there be healing? And we know from the New Testament that Jesus is the balm. He is the sap. You don't need to open the medicine cabinet of your life and come up with 27 different remedies for your problem. Listen to me. There's one solution for your issue. It's Jesus. There's one solution. Well, you know, I could use some more money. I could use a doctor's visit. I could use a lawyer. I could, no, no, there's one solution. If he is, listen, please. If he is the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus is the answer to your situation. More of him. I know how much you have of Jesus. I know to the core of my being, how much Lord, how much King, how much Jesus you have in your life. You have just as much as you want. And if your life is on the rails and it's not going super good, my advice to you, now listen, you're not talking to a lawyer, you're not talking to a doctor, you're talking to a minister, you're talking to a theologian. I'm telling you from the unwavering word of truth that has never failed anyone that Jesus is the answer. He's the answer to poverty. He's the answer to racism. He's the answer to war. He is the answer to every circumstance. He has the answer for your circumstance. He is the balm of Gilead. All your wounds, your sickness, your disease, the loss of a parent, secret things you've done in darkness, the broken heart of a divorce, abuse, the death of a child, the sting of financial ruin, depression, the tragedy of abortion, pain of loneliness. Jesus loves you. How do I know that? Because Jesus loves me. Well, I've done too much. I, the things that you've listed there, I've done half of those. That's half of my life right now. I went through this, I did that. Yeah, listen to me. Jesus loves you. And you need to be able to say, you need to be able to say, Jesus loves me. I could never say that. Yet yeah, it's true. And when you realize it's true, you're on a journey that you'll never regret. He loves you. He's calling your name this morning. Love is action, and he's calling for you. Even in your mess, big mess, lots of pain, in your addiction that nobody knows about, in your sin, in your brokenness, in your hurt when you're all alone, the thoughts that you have, Jesus still loves you. 
He's chasing you down. He's chasing you down. He loves you. How do you know? Well, he reached out to the one that was on the cross. That's the same love he has for you. Rich or poor, this is harder for Americans to get their mind around because we think rich people, wealthy people are more blessed. No, if you live in the penthouse or the ghetto, you live on the right side of the tracks or the wrong side of the tracks, whether you're affluent, whether you're, whether you're black, white, yellow, purple, green, God loves you. I'm gonna tell you something. God loves illegal aliens. I won't plan on saying that, but some of you need to, to, to check your love tank. God loves everybody. Well, God loves murders. Well, then God can love an illegal alien. Well, they don't belong here. Well, you don't belong here probably either. Right? I'm not advocating, listen, I want you to hear my heart. I'm not advocating for illegal things. But it's hard to say a person is illegal. What they did is illegal, right? We don't say you're stupid. We say you did stupid. Right? I'll tell you what. If I lived in Honduras, I'd try to get here. <laughs> if, I lived, if I was in Nicaragua, if I was in Guatemala, I've been to Guatemala, I would get here. I would try to get here, right? Why? Because your dad trying to beat out a living for your, for your kids or your home or whatever. Does it make it right? No. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what you've done, but God loves you. Jesus loves you. <laughs> he loves you. You can't shake him. He's like a bad rash. You just can't get rid of it. Right? There is a balm. There is a balm that will take care of the sin stain that you have in your life. His name is Jesus. And he loves you very, very much. In Acts 10, 34, it says, Peter began to speak and he says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. Jesus loves me. Well, of course he loves you, but you don't know what I did. This is me being able to pray for all of you, but not being able to say Jesus loves me. Close your eyes with me just for a second. All over this house, those, if you're listening, by, if you're listening on a podcast and you're driving, don't close your eyes. Pull off to the side. But maybe you're watching by television, but especially those of you here in this room, just close your eyes with me. And I want you to be able to say this out loud with me. Jesus loves me. Say, say it with me. Jesus loves me. Let's do it again. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Drink that in. Believe it. Revel in it. Let his love, let his ahava, let his agape love guide your thoughts, your words, 
your deeds. And right now, just as in an earthly relationship, someone offers their love to you, you have to reciprocate if you want that relationship. And it's clear that Jesus loves you. The question is whether or not you'll say, I agree, and I love him back. You'll do it imperfectly, and you'll let him down. You'll fumble the ball, and you'll fail. You'll miss the shot at the last second every time. But he doesn't care. He still loves you. You won't get that job that you think you should get, or you won't have that healing that you think you deserve. You, you, won't, you won't make a demand and think it's done. No, God says, regardless of what you do, how you're treated by this world, I will still love you. I will stick with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never turn my back on you. Even when you do, I won't. If you want to accept that kind of love, just raise your hand with me this morning. Father, here we are. We are broken. We are, we are a wretch. We are a worm. And in ourselves, we cannot save ourselves. But we see in your word that you love us. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's hard to understand why you love us. We're such a mess. But you do. Your word says that you do. And so this morning, Lord, we raise our hand to you as a sign that says, I receive your love, I accept your love, and I will do my best to love you back. Does that mean I have to change? The Lord loves you just the way you are. I think when you get a hold of who he is, he'll help you with those changes. Because you can't clean a fish before you catch it. God says, come unto me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, burdened, and I will give you rest. If that's you, you're raising your hand, would you also stand to your feet with me this morning? Father, here we are, people that want to accept your love. Maybe for the first time, maybe we've accepted your love this morning in our devotions, but God, we cannot tell you enough how much we love you. If I tell my wife I love her when I go to bed and then I wake up in the morning and I say, I love you, and, and then she comes out and we have breakfast together and I'm getting ready to go off to work or to church, and I say, hey, I love you. I don't think I've ever heard her say, stop saying I love you. That's too much. This is why we can never, we can never say it too much. Lord, I love you. love you and I lift my hands to worship you as a sign of surrender that's when you raise your hands right was when you surrender you also raise your hands when you know you have the answer and you raise your hand when you have a question so here we are Lord some of us questioning seeking looking for reality in you and we've found it now we have the answer so we surrender to you today. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. From this day forward, when the enemy comes to sow a lie into your heart about who you are or what your future holds, 
You just have to say, Jesus loves me. You look the devil right in the eye and say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. And I love him. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, I'm going to have some of the staff prayer team, if you would, come on down front. You can step out now. Or if you prayed that for the first time and you'd like to step out and have some prayer this morning, we're here for you this morning. Come on down. We'll pray for you. But I want to dismiss you with a, with a benediction of the Lord. Father, today may your blessing rest upon your people, upon your church. May we have an understanding of who you are and what you do. Jesus, the lamb slain from the foundations of the earth. Jesus loves actively pursuing Ahava, agape love. For other people, certainly. But for me too. May that be a reality, Lord, that we remember every single day for the rest of our lives. And may it stir us to love you. To love you with our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. To give you honor. To be kind. To be patient. To be long-suffering. Be full of mercy. For with the measure that we use, it will be used towards us. Thank you, God, for your grace today. Now send us in peace for your glory. In Jesus' name. This has been a message from Destiny Church in Springfield, Illinois. To learn more about our ministry, visit the episode description where you can find links to our website, ways to give, and more information about who we are. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.